Just okay. Just just for the thinking, for for thinking time, right? All right. What? Yeah. So you're like getting down on soda, which yeah, dude, I'm there. I'm right there with you, man. But what if like tomorrow, like, you know, something, something sweet, like sweetie Mountain Dew, comes our way and says, no. "Yo, my epic." You guys, if you guys drink four Mountain Dews <laughs> a day, you know we will uh, we'll do it. We'll we'll pump it up. Are you in? Are well, you I in don't know the... what pumping it up is, but if that means we'll pump no, it up, this is really what no... they're gonna say. <laughs> there's there's nothing that could there's nothing they could do that would counter what I would be sure was happening to my body. Four what's, Mountain Dews a day. What's the ma- what's the max <laughs> Mountain Dews a day? What's you're gonna chunk out? down. Half a Mountain Jeremiah. Dew a day. Jeremiah, would you drink a Mountain Dew a day if that's all that it took for the three of us to make a decent living? Oh, just, yeah. We each had to drink one a day. I don't, I'm not worried about you We all have like guys. an average salary. No, no, I'm just saying like that's... But it, you have to think about it. It affects us too is what I'm saying. This is a banned decision. What I'm, but what I'm saying is how it affects you guys would not play into my call here. So you don't care about us, is what you're saying, or you no. do, you, care, or you care extra. He's made it very clear that he cares zero Mountain Dews about us. Like, <laughs> yeah, how that's, many that's Mountain what Dews I'm do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> this is Aaron, Jeremiah, and Nate. We play in a band together. We spent years in a band discussing music and everything else. This is a podcast mostly about everything else. Thanks for listening. What's the grocery store that has mountain lightning who is that well mountain lion mountain lion was from food lion mountain lightning is that kroger kroger harris kroger's harry teeters is it okay to call kroger kroger's is that what people do yeah i want to i feel like i I hear people say that is that a thing i feel like i feel like you can say kroger's if you shop at one otherwise it's like you can't say that like that's our (laughs) word why why did it take us we're that's my word we Kroger's. You don't Kroger. You can't yeah, say yeah. that. Why did it take us so long to have normal like grocery store names like Whole Foods Market? <laughs> yeah, we Dude, been, what's yeah, not we spent fifty years. We spent fifty years going. I don't Piggly know, guys. Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. That's the best I can do. <laughs> Harris Teeter. Okay. Piggly Wiggly is whack. Let's just be real. public. Although Publix. the name is cool. Yeah, dude, if there was a band named Piggly Wiggly, you'd be you. If there was a pedal called the Piggly Wiggly, you'd already own it. You could have just stopped at if there was a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so giant, not a like a little bit. Just, I think they were, that was cool before it was cool. They like pick something random. Like, let's just call it giant. That's cool. Safeway, does that even exist anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Food Lion, it makes the least sense, but to me, it makes the most because that's, I grew up in Food Lion country, which no longer exists. I don't know what, what's in Minnesota. Where do you, where are you guys shopping at, Nate, when you were a kid? Dude, okay, so when I lived in, down for in Minneapolis, we had some sick grocery stores, man. Just absolutely knockout. Some bangers amazing. of Yeah, but they weren't they weren't inexpensive. They weren't like if you were like, man, I have to buy two hundred dollars of groceries, you'd probably go elsewhere. Um but I used to live across the street from a place called uh, Byerly's, which was like a really like up upper end, like high end grocery store. And then we also had places called Lunds, which was like super. They might be owned by the same company now, but um, back in the day they weren't. 
so sick, dude. They had like amazing cheese and I do like the meats. new like European stuff that's coming in. I'm I'm into yeah. that. Yeah, like I wish there was a Lidl. Is that how you say that? Lidl. Lidl. Yeah, it's Lidl. like all these, but a little. By my house. A Lidl is exactly like somebody threw an Aldi and a Whole Foods into a uh, blender. And dude, that, that's it, my that's what jam, dude. I would have said that was Trader Joe's. So uh, my guess is it's not the same as Trader Joe's. I think the Joe's. difference with Trader Joe's is like they're so committed to their own brand, right? Like everything in a Trader mm-hmm. Joe's True, is like yeah. a yeah. Tr- Trader Joe's product. You're not going to find like Coke in a Trader Joe's, which is kind of a strong statement. Like that's a power move. Like Dude. we're not only going to start our own grocery store, we're just only going to we're going to make all our own stuff. Dude, Trader Joe is man, that's a beefy move, dude. Think about that. You're just like, I don't yeah. care about the brands. The brand, you're like brands, dude. Get them out of here. Do you know my heart? We don't so even need them. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, how often have you been let down by the Trader Joe's brand of anything? Like typically, not very it's often. Really haven't, haven't good. Been. Yeah. So yeah, they've got something yeah, going there. I mean, there. I, I'm sure I could. Even when they have weird frozen stuff, it's like mm. kind of good. Yeah, that like, weird frozen section, dude. Yeah, like what's like what's well, like the thing you think they wouldn't sell because they're so committed to like kind of fresh, you know. But then there's like. Frozen like Chinese food. It's like dude, they got would... junk food. They got oh junk yeah, food the pre-made sure. meals and stuff. Yeah, and it's like you guys aren't into that. Then you buy it because you're like too curious not to. In my case, and it ends <laughs> up working out. How did that happen though? Because you know, like markets started like like little general stores, right? And they start they had to try to carry everything. Yeah, in the they're supermarket. like, hey, I'm gonna start a grocery store, and they're like, okay, cool. Like, what <laughs> brands you want? Like, yeah, it's been done like, nah, before, man. Nate. You know what? We've heard of that. Uh, actually. We're not doing brands, man. <laughs> They're like, what? Like, no, what? dude. We're I'll you take, guys aren't doing brands. No, no. We're not doing brands. <laughs> Here's what, what I can say do? confidently. We're knowing just the do clientele. Our own thing. <laughs> knowing the clientele, Nate, and like and the clientele and the branding, I'm pretty sure that was a decision made while high. They were like, mm. like hear me, like what if they got we a did hippie, a super- like crunchy kind of vibe to We need a mellow there. mushroom of grocery stores. That's what we You need. know what's yeah. funny? Is when I first moved to Atlanta, just down the street was a Trader Joe's, and across the parking lot from across is what I just said. Across <laughs> the parking lot was a melon mushroom. Think about mm. that. Think about That's, it. I think there's a lot that of is, overlap in clientele there. I was gonna say I think that yep. corner exists in, in a lot of cities because it was in Char- Charlotte. They probably are close to each other. Uh, if there is a mellow mushroom here in town, there is one. Is there one? Mile? I don't know if there is one in Louisville. There Dude, used to be. It's not a, here anymore. I guess it got ran out of business or something. All you need is a shop that sells uh, shoes for rock climbing, and then boom, yeah. you're, you're moving. <laughs> you're, 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 you've hit the you're going in the right direction. And a hacky sack shop. Well, the, speaking, if, if those four things exist, you will find <laughs> Teslas. Like those things attract <laughs> Teslas. Just come to those regions. They know that they can charge and be welcomed there. Dang, dude, well, I can just speaking hear the Dave of Matthews uh, band song in the air, grocery stores and brands, we got a top five. Oh, juicy top five! A top, juicy one. This one comes from Jake Martin. Now, fair enough, he did not give us his five, but it's because it's more band specific, and he probably doesn't have a way to answer this one. The question, the top five is top five venues. We we dialed it into venues we've played. Okay. I'll go first. Right. Yeah, do it. See, this was fun because top five venues is different than top five cities for me, and it's different from top five shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Although That's there's, pr- harder. there's probably some overlap, 
uh, like one of one of my top five shows may have happened at one of these, and some of these are, are my favorite cities to play. But they're all kind of rolled into one thing. Yeah. Right? So there's I I find mine to all be like very like there's only one oddball on mine. The rest are like the five exact same venues, just in different cities to me. Uh, okay. The Let's end in it. Nashville, Tennessee. Fun venue, fun little hole in the wall. A lot of fun. Yeah, that's a good one. No, uh, no green room, but good vibe on the street. So it's like cool to just hang out. Dude, and, that's huge for me. Street yeah. vibe. Street vibe. Local five hundred six in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. That one has been cool lately. It's that really cool. Yeah, cool. it's a lot of fun, and like just usually a lot of people we know there, which is kind of just makes the experience mm-hmm. better. Gasa Gasa in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, that's fun. I feel I like your list that. is very recent, but I support it. Yeah, I mean, I'm all of these places are awesome to play. I like playing them. Yeah, I think we're playing our best venues now, but um, the Masquerade. Yeah, that's a no brainer. Uh, all three. All three rooms. We've only all well, we kind of played two and a half rooms. Yeah, we kind of played. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for the listener, was, we played so the big fun. room, and we played the middle room. But then the last time it was, we we were gonna play the smaller room on a headliner, right. and an hour and a half or two hours before the show, the sound system wasn't working. So we just picked the whole show up and moved it back. In, Drummer fried the system. Drummer um, fried the system. All right, what's your fifth one? And my fifth one is Alley Cats in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. I'm gonna go after as you Alley Cats, not as any of the yeah, other. Yeah, not as Kingdom. Yeah. So my first two also don't exist anymore, and one was Alley Cats, agreed. Mm-hmm. We played so many amazing shows there the first five years of our existence. Cool venue, like people could hang from the rafters. We, it was just a good, good-sized spot. Most people were other hanging one, from the rafters. Yeah, it was a, always wild. The brewery in Raleigh, mm-hmm. uh, which also got shut down, but that was basically like a similar operation in Raleigh. Um, then... Uh, I I would probably uh so so shout out uh to the end because that's a similar size venue, mm-hmm. L- love it. But I went with um, Murray Hill just for old times' sake. Mm-hmm. They were you know we yeah, we haven't considered. played it. Yeah, we used to play it f- more full a lot when the scene was different. But it's always still great to be there. Amazing mm-hmm. people, super super professional. Uh, then I'd have to say the Glass House. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also like that's not a place we could headline. But we've always played there pretty much to sold out shows and they've always been sick. So yeah. like so and it's an awesome fun. venue, yeah. awesome green room, just everything's great about it. And then my last was the masquerade. And it really mm-hmm. any venue there, just it's professionally run and they like you know, it's just a we always have, we always have good Atlanta shows. Everybody yeah. really shows up. So that's my five. Nate, what about you? Yeah, well what were your top five uh, Nate? <coughs> top five Nate venues. All right. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. Prepared. Rip them, dude. All right. I feel like he's going to do all Minneapolis ones. <laughs> like, he's going to go just Homer on this. And he's just going to list all Minnesota ones. It's almost like ones. you know me. It's almost <laughs> like you know what I'm about. Okay. Your boy. I'm going to start with the door in Dallas, uh, which I don't think I played before I was in my epic. Um. But man, it's just like been it's been fun playing there. Oh, that show last year was so in fun. Deep, in Deep Ellum, is that the name of the neighborhood? I might be butchering that, but 
there's like like stuff around that you can go mm-hmm. do. And we played yes. that crazy yes, good yes, show yes. with As Says Burn that was like yeah. so fun. That was cool. That and was like really it's cool. a it's a perfectly good uh venue. It's like a it's like a cool spot to play too. Um I don't know. Anything could go in spot number five, but that one's going there. Now oh, we're you're ranking do... them. Are you ranking? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. These are ranked people. Uh, Mahal's in Cleveland. Oh, okay. I love oh, that's fun with the bowling. bowling vibe, huh? Now, see, this one is like the stage is dumb and pointless. Like it, like honestly, like the actual show part does not matter. Like when you play Mahal's. <laughs> This is a great window on how Nate thinks about it in general. Okay, like not like, all of them are like this, but Mahal's is a in a super fun part of town where you like go do whatever you want, and there's like great. It's a great thrift. street. This shirt is from that thrift store. It's like right down the street, right? We got so much good stuff at that thrift store. You have to admit, mm-hmm. um, and free bowling, yeah. and free beer and food. Food is good yeah, too. It's great. Dude, I love really it. Really cool antique shops. Yeah, really cool, they have like, a weird like a uh, shrunken that novelty head shop. death shop. Yeah, yeah. That, whatever that is. Yeah. Freaky shop. Love it super, there. Super cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, that place yeah. rules. Okay, now we're on in Minneapolis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Top three Minneapolis venues that I've played. <laughs> we're gonna go the Triple Rock Social Club, which does not exist anymore. This place rules. Seen every good band ever there. I think I saw Me Without R. You R. eight times there. That's a low ball number. Um, it's, it's yeah, legendary rock club. Did you see the area there? Uh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember if I saw the chariot there. They usually played another place called Station 4, which is fine, but Triple Rock is way cooler. I saw cooler bands at Triple Rock than I did. Like, that's where I would see stuff like Unwed Sailor or, you know, Mew. That's where I saw Mew Ooh. in a in a 250-cap nice room. Uh, okay, that place rules, RIP. Uh, 7th Street Entry, which is the small club of First Ave. First Ave is, like, the coolest venue in Minneapolis, uh, but I've never played the like proper room. It's like twenty five hundred cap ish, and I've never played it. And that's like my ultimate bucket list mm-hmm. venue to play. If I could ever play there, it'd be awesome. You're in the wrong band. Yep, trying to get out <laughs> of the band, trying to get into a real band, working my little buns off to get there. Um, but nobody, <laughs> no one's get, no one's hiring me yet to be in a band that's gonna headline first have. Uh. Then I'm going to say the Varsity Theater, which is like the – that's like more the indie rock kind of spot. That's I, I saw a Copeland there like it's 10 times, Manchester Orchestra, stuff like that. Um, and that's that's probably my favorite venue that I've actually played at. Um, and the show we played there wasn't good, but <laughs> it doesn't matter because I got to play there, and I think it's an awesome venue. Sick. Um, and yeah, this whole list could be fifty uh, amazing Minneapolis venues. So whatever. Yeah. Well, right on. Well, again, that list came from Jake Martin over on Discord. He's a Thanks, patron. Thanks, Jake. 
Love you, Jake. Um, Much yeah. better so, than the candy bar. So a little, guy, I'm just a little, say. Sh- a little shout out to Jake. Um, one of my probably my number one honorable mention is I don't remember what the house was called, Aaron, that we used to play in Lynchburg. Yeah, at the church. Yeah. At the was church. It, just, it was just a house. At? Yeah. They just called the Living, Living Word, Word Student, Student Building. Building or something. That's that's an honorary dude. Those shows were so fun. The floor would just yeah. like. Oh, and remember Plea for Purging played there one time? It was just like... Yeah, I thought the floor was going to collapse. It was was absolutely insane. But Jake used to run sound all the time for that, right? Uh, Jake did a lot of things there. I don't know if he was specifically a sound guy. I could be conflating those two, but I thought he did sound even. So that's cool. Yeah, either way, he was very involved with making those shows happen. So we appreciate that, Listen, if Jake had wanted to to, to master the sound, he could have. He's a smart (laughs) guy, but I don't know that he did. All right, Don. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of sick venues with the floors almost caving in, yeah, makes me think of our friend Stevis, previously of the Chariot, now known as Stephen of Fever Three Three Three. Maybe we'll get into that mystery of, yeah. of the chain of the evolution mm, of Stephen. That's yeah. right. Cool. You guys want to talk to him? Yeah, let's just, do it. Just this once. I get I get two, and to be honest, I should be drinking more than two because I run every day, and like yeah. I should be drinking more than two. But it, it becomes a thing where I don't want to carry more than two out of the grocery stores. I just grab two. <laughs> so, how much? Do how you run far every are day? you running? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because because I'm running, but I don't look like you, and I, I just want to know how much further and faster I have to run so we can take them six shirtless band picks. Dude, I don't run. I don't. I don't run crazy. I run like maybe four miles. It's nothing. Nothing crazy. Where you? Where are you living these days? Atlanta. Oh. Oh, you're still upstairs at Glow in the Dark. Is that where you're at? (laughs) (laughs) You fixed it up. It looks great. I wish. It's a dance studio now, dude. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It looks. It looks so different. It's. It's pretty bizarre. I haven't been Um, over there in a minute. No, I mean, honestly, since the studio closed, I don't think I've seen you at all. Nah, is... I, I moved to L.A. for a little bit um, and then came back. But I've, I've still been here mostly, I think. Like, I was only in L.A. for like a few months, like five months. What was that? How did, how did you take to that? Was that an experience or? Yeah, it was whack. L.A.'s whack. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I can't do it, man. Like I tried, 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 but that's like it's just too inconvenient. I mean, the weather's nice, but I always get the feeling when I'm walking around that everybody's an extra. Like I'm in a movie, but I'm not good enough. I'm not good looking enough to be in it, dude. I swear, yeah. like it's too like like that. Like every time you go to a store, like there's this moment where people look at you to see if you're famous, and then when they realize you're not, <laughs> they just go back to the you. <laughs> Yeah, did, have you run into anyone? Like, obviously, you guys are like, congrats on all the success, man! Like, big time. Right. Uh, yeah. You guys are like rolling. I'm sure meeting a lot of like people that, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we all would have been like just stoked to meet. Is that <laughs> how? Have you figured out how to handle that yet? Yeah, like, yeah, it's like um, it took some time for sure, man. Because I mean, the world 
we you know exist in and like came from it's like it's cut off from that it's mm -hmm. not like attainable so like when um when i moved out there and was just hanging out with john and like john feldman and um travis barker and all those types it was just like i had to just like be very uh intentional with like how i was because my thing my thing i do is like if mm -hmm. i'm around someone whoever like if i'm like go to the masquerade to like meet up with a band i just will hum their song so like i knew i didn't want to do that around travis obviously like if, I, every blink song ever i could just like i was like i can't have or that. you best or you mess up real bad and you're like, da, na, 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 na. he didn't do that. That wasn't him. Was that? Wait, so you're saying <laughs> it's like a, a like a nervous tick, like you're just like hanging out with your friend's band and you just hum the song, like just like absentmindedly? Yeah, I think it's like anticipation, like, oh, who am I going to go see today again? Oh, yeah, whoever. And like their song will be in my head because I know I'm going to go see them mm -hmm. and I'll be doing it throughout the day and then it doesn't stop once I see them. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's a, oh, it's a strong dude. connector. How long were you humming Let Live songs until Jason asked you to knock it off? Like, that? <laughs> Dude, that still happens. That still happens. Yeah. Like, they're still like, because they had so many little, like, um, catchy things. Like, I still kind of catch myself. Like, actually, one time I was like writing a riff and I was like showing it to him. I was like, this yeah. sounds like one of y'all's, I think. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, when did, when did Fever start? Like, when did y'all start talking about doing that thing? Um, we started talking about it probably, um, uh, mm, damn, like two or two and a half months before the first show. So the first show was July 4th, 2017. Mm. And it was probably like a couple months before that, even though it didn't seem right for some reason. Something, I don't know, something about those dates doesn't seem right because I <laughs> left Atlanta and then I went out there and I was just out there doing my thing. It didn't feel like July. I guess it was July. So yeah, I guess so I did, you, did you go out there to pursue that project or you just kind of went out and then that happened? I went out there to do that project. Like I dude, like my life in Atlanta at the time was like a mess. I was like bummed out and just working this job I really didn't like. And um, was just really unhappy. And then Jason called me because Jason and I had been talking about doing music for a while, for some years. And then um, he he hit me up and was like, yo, you still trying to do music? And I thought he was calling about Let Live because there had been a couple of times where they needed a guitarist and I was going to like um, fill in, but it just never really worked out. So like I already knew a few of the Let Live songs. So I was like, yeah, um, I'm down. What's up? He's like, I got this whole new thing I'm doing whole nother thing um with john feldman and it's called the fever back then it was just the fever and um i was like okay um cool and he sent me some songs and um i remember not loving the songs at first <laughs> okay uh so yeah then i i i but i loved the idea and the concept and everything enough to just bail on my life pretty much so I like broke my lease, sold my car, um, Dang. and just like didn't tell anyone I was leaving at work. I just like had like bags at my desk one day, 
and then left. Just ghosted them, dude. You ghosted a job? I I love that. I finessed the hell out of it because I needed another another check from them. And I knew Mm. if I quit, I I wouldn't get it. So, and I used up my last of my, uh, the last of my PTO. So it's like, I left. It was like, oh, I'm on yeah uh, oh. my pto and then i got another check in that time and i was like all right i'm out um <laughs> and this is what's so crazy and actually i can tell you guys this story because you guys will get it so i went out there with like no no plan which i'm so notorious for it's the stupidest thing <laughs> and i went out there and i was like oh shit man i need to like figure this out i was just stoked i didn't think this through and uh, I didn't really know where I was going to stay. I was like bouncing around from place to place. And one day I was walking down uh, Sunset Boulevard with like a backpack and my like rolling bag, just like confused, bummed, like happy that this- <laughs> Like 10 other people on Sunset Boulevard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're, exactly. You're like, oh, now I know how a homeless guy happens because I'm Straight literally, I'm, I'm, I have everything. I'm ready to go. Like I've- Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. It just takes one weird left turn. <laughs> all it really takes for you to end up somewhere like that. But I was walking, I was walking around and I get to that store Le Labo off Sunset okay. in LA. It's like a like a candle fragrance store. I look in there, I'm like directionless in my life. And inside <laughs> is fucking Joe from my children, my bride, and uh <laughs> Robert from My Children, My Bride, and Manny from Impending Doom and Bleeding Through. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you guys doing here? They're like, we live here. I was like, I live here now too. I was like, what? Like, it was like, this is so crazy. I was like, uh, y'all all work here? They're like, yeah. I was like, can I work here? They're like, yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> Like also- I was going to comment as you're telling that story. I was thinking to myself, like, and I had this thought the other day that one of the fascinating things about, like, just being in this, like, weird underground music industry is, <clears throat> like, it sort of, like, tricks you into, like, just thinking that you'll always sort of be fine because you just know people everywhere and and I was thinking, like, man, like, if everything fell apart for me and I had just, like, nothing, like, I would be fine. Like, totally. I know I know somebody in, like, literally every state I could, yeah. like, stay with and, like, I could bounce around for a while. Someone would hook me up with a, a job or a gig or something, you know, and it's just, like, it just, it sort of makes it so like your story about quitting your job like that it makes it so easy to do stuff like that because you're well, just like when you've been what it doesn't you've matter been an underground, like, you've been in an underground band even ones that kids would think are successful they don't realize how close you were to homeless in the first place what? yeah like, basically that you couldn't aff- afford rent like you're one of the reasons you stay on tour is because it's like well i can afford to be on tour i can exactly. afford to be yeah. in a van and eat ramen noodles so it's almost like of course you'd be willing to just move to la with nothing but like a basic idea and some do- demos you weren't 100 percent stoked on because it's oh. not cr- any crazier <laughs> than anything the chariot did every night of the week absolutely you nailed it like it was <laughs> the only thing that made it hard was because i had just gotten comfortable not moving around 
like Chariot broke up in 2013 and this was 2017. So I had like some years of just being still and chilling and like stability. And then that came up and then I was like reverted right back into like sleeping on floors. I ended up sleeping on Manny's floor for a while and and Robert was on the couch. Like I, he was like right above me. Like we were all just like crashing. Like it was just like <laughs> nuts how that all worked out. But um, yeah, that was LA. I was I was just out hey. there trying to get fever off the ground. Good choice, man. So once you launched the band, you were like, okay, guys, I'm I'm in, but I'm out. Straight up, I, was like, I, can't. <laughs> I can't. It was like a heat wave. A heat wave hit LA, and I was like, I've ne- I like the heat, and I've never felt anything like this in my life, and I can't ever do that again. So I bailed, dude. And I was like, I need yeah. to sell. Yeah. Well, it's obvious watching your uh, your YouTube, the, the innocent was it called the Innocence? Pro- I'm trying to remember what it was called now. The uh, Long Live the Innocent thing you just did. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was clear watching that that, as always, I I like know about you that like you don't care about the size of the crowd. You're there to enjoy yourself and do do your thing. Because I can't imagine many people were in that room, and you guys were like giving it 110. <laughs> percent yeah, I mean, and that we hadn't played a show since the uh, beginning of February, so it'd been so long. It's like just kids. We just want to, you know, we feel like it's like childlike. You just want to play and get your energy out, and mm-hmm. you know, you're with your friends. It's like, you know, it's I don't know. Like, that's were you just, running monitors in there, or were you running in ears? Uh, monitors. Oh, okay. So it was pretty loud in there, and you could kind of kind of feel it and. Yeah, it felt like a, yeah. like the volume in the room was cool. Yeah. yeah, I could feel I could feel the energy for sure. It seems yeah. like maybe you guys are, which I think is a super healthy thing, is like to be led by gratitude. Like the fact that we are here and get to do this, and like I think that a lot. I don't know about you, when I run every day at now at thirty seven, every day that I run, I one of the things I'm thinking is I'm glad I can still do this. Like I'm glad my body. Totally. I try to remember that, like that I have the ability to do this. I think it's something we think about with every show we play which helps regardless of the size is like, we get to be together. We get to make this. And that gratitude like is pretty, I don't I find it really affecting like good. That's a big factor for you guys. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like, man, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't feel like, man, I don't, how am I trying to say this? Like I don't deserve any of this. You know what I mean? Like I, it's a, it's a gift. It's just like, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm, uh, I just like to, to perform and it's allowed me to meet some, uh, really cool, uh, supporters of the band and, um, and people and, you know, like it's, I'm, yeah, it's just gratitude. I'm just stoked to be able to play. Like, you know, it's cause I've, I've been playing like my whole life. And then I had that window of time where I wasn't playing. I was so bummed out. I was like, And I was trying to do it, and then I got another opportunity. So I'm like super thankful, you know. That so were you not quite re- fully ready? You weren't quite fully ready for the chariot to end, or you maybe recognized that it was time for it to go, but you weren't done playing music. Like, how did that end for you? Yeah, I thought like um, I knew I could play more and do more and write more, but I also knew that the band was at the point where we probably should stop. Um, so. I like was okay with that and was cool with that, but I wanted to keep doing more. So I started like 
three projects that I never finished. I just, I'm not good at starting things. I'm like, it sounds like you are. Yeah, you started well, three. Well, fever, like someone like started quote unquote fever. Like I kind of jumped on later and like made it better. But like, that's, I think that's my lane. I'm not good at like, like having an idea and then from like the first brick, like building it. Dude, I'm, that's how I, I'm a number two guy, man. Like through and through. It's, yeah. I'm not the number one. I'm not the lead guy. I'm not the dreamer. I'm just like, I have ideas, but usually it works out better when I'm just coming in and like helping some other idea come to life, you know? Totally. Me too, man. Well, you've always used the term enabler almost. Like you, you like enable, you get people together and you're able to push it to push it forward in a really good way you know, catch up other people's energy and like help match it together. Is that kind of how it came when you came into fever? Like Jason had this big idea and, and you helped like put flesh on it and you guys kind of reassessed what you wanted it to be. Cause it sounds almost like there was a concept before there was a band, which isn't a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Jason had the idea for fever um, based off of, cause he was doing let live and it was, and it was fine but he was a little unhappy because like his political views just didn't really align with everyone in the band and like i think some guys maybe didn't feel totally comfortable with certain things being said at times so but that's that's where his heart is that's it's his like you know his conviction is is that he wants that's what he wants to speak about so he's like i've got to do something that is this solely this and um, he, he knows where I sit on all that. We've had a lot of talks about it and um, he and Eric have as well. So he hit us up to do this thing that he had been talking to John Feldman and Travis about. So like he, cause he lives out there and that he had the idea and he was talking to them because John, I think maybe wanted to work with that live but it didn't quite work out. And then um, Jason was like, okay, I've got, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to talk about. This is like my idea. And John's like, cool. Like, yeah. Um, like, what do you think? Maybe we can like write some songs. And um, I think that's where the first couple um, Fever songs came from was just those hangs with them too. And those are the songs that he sent me while I was at work. Um, and um, yeah, so I flew out, joined up, and then we kind of just spent a lot of time talking just about what we, kind of how we view kind of social things and um, some political, mostly social stuff though. Um, and um, just made sure we're all kind of on the right page and like what we believe and feel and how we should kind of talk about things. and. And then we started playing music that, and that's what I think is one of my favorite things about this band is we just sort of, we, we talk first, mm -hmm. you know, almost like the, the sonic stuff comes second. Mm -hmm. It's like when we write a song, like John Feldman's like, write a song a day, like song a day, like start a song, finish a song if you can, like in the next day onto something else. Like it's a really wild way of writing. But like when we sit down, he's like, what are we talking about? what's a subject and I've never written like that before. And it's like, it just keeps everything really like 
focused on the goal and the the miss, mission of the band. Um, well, I imagine there's a lot of like <clears throat> um, passion when you start talking about like, oh, I want to do a song about this. If you guys start riffing together, you're going to get excited and energy is going to build up and you're going to have it's like the vibe of the song almost. I could see it just kind of like pouring out. Totally. You're, like, you're, you're pissed off about something or you're excited to bring some sort of hopeful message about something. And like, you guys are all kind of tracking like, well, we know I, I kind of love that, that the purpose of the band is like goes before the sound of the band and the, the so, sound just follows and supports it, you know? Yeah. So once you guys made that decision as a group that you were going to be a full-blown Christian band, like then you really, <laughs> <laughs> then you really, then the, then the songs came, right? That's how it. Yeah, that's how it always works, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, my role in this band, like, I'm the only I'm the only Christian in the band, so I like I have this sort of like character I play that's like a Christian that's like too cool for them. <laughs> so it's like, I'll be like, um, oh man, I can't even like, it's so in the moment, it's hard to like re like do it, but it's like, um, I don't know, man. Almost just like how people like thought they were too cool when they were straight edge. I, yeah, I'm the yeah, same I'm way just with, like, <laughs> faith, and it's like the stupidest thing ever. Like it sounds like that's a good go goof for sure. It's a good goof. It sounds like that you guys have like you, for for different like from different belief structures, but you've come to a lot of the same like beliefs about like how things ought to be and how people ought to be treated. A lot of what you guys seem to talk about is that, which I think is a, a really important concern. And so I think that probably would make your songs even stronger and why they resonate stronger because you're able to come from a lot of different perspectives but to see the same values. And so instead of getting lost in the weeds, uh, sometimes we can like you know pick nits and get lost, but it's like, no, dude, I'm agreeing with you on this. And like honestly, you're probably in a van, in a, yeah, I guess you're probably not in a van, but in a, in, a, in a bus most days, and it's like we get along all the time. Like it's not, it's not like this, this doesn't perf this, this kind of unity that you have internally, I think, is, is a powerful thing when it gets turned into son sonically, like it becomes music. Totally. Yeah. And that's, that's what, that's what helps, man, is like, we all come from three completely different backgrounds with different beliefs and things. And we disagree on things as well at times, but like it, we exist, the three of us, you know, in this thing. So when, cause we will play a show and after the show, we talk to whoever wants to talk and I'm like, look, man, it's not even really about like, getting everyone on the same like belief thing because it's not going to happen um but it is possible to, to just have empathy and understanding for mm -hmm. someone it, it's a gradual sort of like chipping away at this sort of walls that people are used to kind of holding up you know it's like the otherness the otherness you're like pushing against mm -hmm. it Right. Yeah. There's no otherness. There's no them. It's just us. Like, like, dude. And it's some things. It's easier said than done. You know. Like, there's some topics that are just like, if you're on the other end, you just are wrong. 
it just is what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it, so it's like, it's not that easy. Um, list them for us. Go ahead. List them. List them for us. If you're a list fucking them. Nazi, <laughs> it is what it okay. is. Like, I'm not going to argue. Good. Yeah. Um, That's a good but, list. <laughs> a lot of it, I think, comes down, especially in this area, it comes down to like a little bit of more of the nuance, like how big of an issue is it or what is the real root of the issue or you know what i mean or what's the solution i mean or how do we talk about it those seem to be like the real it seems like everybody's kind of on the same page that like yes that's bad but what what we do with that is like what's going crazy i mean i don't spend a ton of time on social media but even what little i do it's like oh this is you know it's like we even all kind of agree on the main thing and we're just losing it about like the nuances of like you can you can say that or you can't say that or this yeah, but a good I point just or had that's like, not a good point or it's wild. Yeah. I just had a super long conversation with a really good friend that I, I think super highly of. And what it came down to is like we actually do want the same thing, but we're talking about how to get there. Like and 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 it was cool. I listened. He's from a very like conservative world that I'm not really in anymore. And so it was, but knowing his heart and like knowing like he's never meant evil to anyone. He's not mean to anyone. He wants everyone to, you know, he provides jobs for people. He's, he's like to hear his perspective was like, oh, there was some things I could learn there. And then like we were talking a lot about like BLM and I was like, he was talking about what it means. And I was like, well, whatever it means to like some secret cabal of people, I don't know. But I know what it means to the average person walking on my street. And what mm-hmm. it means is you matter to me. I'm not okay with injustice and I want to stand with you and push against it. So, it, and it was like kind of, he was like, yeah, and I would agree with that. And I was like, so when you don't say it, yeah. But. So then when you won't, but then when you won't say it, what they're hearing, they're not hearing what you mean. What they're hearing is you saying, I'm not going to say that. And it becomes like, now we're lost in the technicality. I mean, I even used to, as a kid, I don't want to call him out too much, but there was an older man, not in my family who was in my life, and it was clear to me, even at like 13, that he was a racist. Um, but he would always love to tell me stories about that black guy he really liked. And it was like, oh, so you've happened to have experiences with some black guys, and you thought they were great, but you can't see through the fact, the empathy, there was no, it hadn't fully, at least maybe it had created empathy, but he hadn't like clocked it yet. Like, oh, if you continue to just judge people in groups, like you're going to, you're going to keep having a lot of ignorance that's like leading how you make decisions. And that's the thing that's easy to break down, you know, like to be friends with someone or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's like a, a huge kind of like wall breaker is it's like how many different kinds of people, different walks of life do you have in your life immediately? You know, like that, that, I mean, that's, that's going to just like break down ignorance and all these it just is, man. Like, I, I don't know. I've always had all, all sorts of different kinds of people in, in my life. And I've, I'm blessed for that. I think part of that is just where I was raised and um, just kind of how my mom sort of made it a point to have her friends around that were like of different, uh, different races and different sexes and uh, things like that. So it just felt natural to me. And I realized that it's not always that easy for some people because it's just how you raise yours you're a product of how you're brought up a lot of times mm-hmm. and i understand that you know um and i'm seeing it a lot man like i think with the whole like people posting like black squares and things on instagram and stuff like that people don't quite know what to do like this hashtag don't put that on the so people get, <laughs> people get frustrated 
And like, I've gotten a few phone calls from people like, look, I'm just trying to help. I just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, to be completely honest, man, you hitting me up is everything. I think that's yeah. more important than posting a black square. I think it's more important than anything you can post or repost. Like I'm a real human being that this, all this shit directly affects. And you thought to call me to make sure I'm cool. And what are you doing? I think that's, I think that's huge. Like we were talking before this video started about like, you're saying like you guys were having a conversation and you didn't have like an argument, but you kind of had some like disagreements on things. And it was like, and I'm sure, yeah, that gets awkward but the point is you guys are having the conversation like it's about effort Mm because things aren't gonna change nothing's gonna change overnight Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's and it's a process it's all a process but you guys care enough to talk about this on your platform where a lot of people are too scared they don't want to do it but you guys are Mm -hmm. like we'll do it matter of fact let's get somebody on here we can talk to more in depth i think that's more important than anything you can just post well, I've, I've loved the rhetoric from you guys, especially in just to put <clears throat> to push it again. Go check out on YouTube Fever 333's Long Live the Innocent live demonstration. Um, it was super rad, really powerful. Um, but the, every time I've seen that and and other interviews that I've seen with you guys, the rhetoric is not so much screw you if you disagree with us, which is typical of the attitude of the kind of band you guys are. Mm-hmm. It's more like I am willing to have the conversation with you. I think that's one thing he kind of continued to say is like, and that's what I get from you as well. And I think that's a super important turn. Like, because it's justified to say, if you disagree with me, screw you. Like that's kind of justified because this is such a, it feels good. And it right. writes good punk rock songs. <laughs> But you guys are like, no, 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 here's what we believe, but we understand if you disagree, at least have the conversation with us. We will have it with you. And I think that's rad. 100%. And that's that's kind of why we sort of, uh, when, when we headline a show, we play by ourselves. And we've been doing that since the beginning. And what that's allowed us to do is like the show's over at like nine, you know, and it allows us to talk to everyone. You know, like if you want to stick around and talk, we we sit at the edge of the stage and we'll talk to everyone until they kick us out of the venue, and um and it's and it's not like a thing where it's just us educating people. Like I'm learning a lot myself from people. You mm-hmm. know, it's um it's it's sick, man. It's like it's you know we live kind of we live in a time where everything is just so digital and impersonal, and you know when you can go to a show and have a good time and just kind of like release that that energy and jump around and have fun. And then at the end, you're looking at your neighbors, like, you know, like it's just different. It's like, okay, like that conversation after the show is different. It just hits different. And mm-hmm. we sit down and like, there's only been like a couple times where things got like loud, you know, as far as like the conversations, but like, it's mostly really, really, really cool. Like people walking away, like, no, not even really just like change necessarily, but just like I had a great time tonight with someone that I don't really see eye to eye with. And now I'm going home feeling fine. There was no fight. There was no argument in the comment section. There was no like weirdness. It was just like, okay. You know, like, and if nothing else, like that's something, you know, we don't, we don't have any like, 
ultimate answers, but all we can do is sort of provide a space mm-hmm. where you can enjoy music, have fun, jump around, and then speak to us and whoever else is there. We encourage it. We put stuff on the walls to like tell people like, hey, like That's we awesome. don't play for like an hour and a half. Like, please find out who your neighbor is. Talk talk to them and um and all that. So. So yeah, I mean that's that's the point. Is I think empathy without human interaction, human conversation is very very difficult to to build and uh, create. And we just tried to make like a a plan so where we could do as much of that as possible. So yeah, it's it's only easy to have a simple hatred like or a, or a simple a dismissive thought about a group of people if you don't know them. Like you can, you can try really hard to like, I I saw this a lot with certain families that I grew up around. They tried to keep their kids in a bubble of the things that they thought were right. And it was like, man, as soon as that kid goes to college and is friends with one other person who sees things differently, his, his world's going to, and sorry, you're going to lose. Like, I think, I I mean, I don't think it's guaranteed. Uh, I wish it was like, I wish it was guaranteed, but I, I more than ever do think like that, like that it's going to continue, especially as the world's getting so big. I mean, it's, it's dangerous because people hear so many perspectives, but it's also good because it's like everybody gets all that stuff tempered and you have to, you realize how complicated it is and you have to start listening. And then, you know, it's like one thing to grow up in like a, like a small culture that says this about a gender or this about, about, a you know, about a sexual orientation or this about a race. And then, you know, you go for us, it was tour. Like we went on tour that just changed my world. You know, I met so many people, and then, and you could tell, like this person means well, like this, and this person is not perfect, just like me. But I, I love, I love them. Like they're friendly, and their their friendship is real and authentic. And that just begins to open your mind so much. And it sounds like you guys have, like, just completely owned that you're able to do- create that experience. Like, do you ha- was there a lot of conversation about how do we make that kind of part of our platform as a band? Um, I think it's sort of like, mm, it's like. I think it kind of came naturally. Like we, we didn't say like, okay, we're going to play by ourselves so we can talk to people after shows. We just knew that like five band bills wasn't working <laughs> for anyone. Dude, what are you talking that's what about? I, that's the status I want to get to. That's the fun. <laughs> this is low key destroying the whole reason we did this. Like we're not going to get that tour spot guys. Dang, we were trying to be on the five, the five bill <laughs> tour, you know? Oh, just, no one could fit better than us. I mean, I think we fit the well, demographic we could headline. just dead on. We, we could yeah. headline and have them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yo, what? Like, why are people still doing Like, no one wants to sit through that. Unless it's like, I don't know, dude. I don't even, I have no idea. It would have that, to be the thickest lineup. That's a transition, though, to start carrying an entire show yourselves, right? It is. It was weird at first. But now it's like, I don't know, it's like any, like you. Oh, I'm sure it's awesome once you've got it dialed in. But oh, at, at, at first you're like, whoa, this is all on us. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're like, oh. <laughs> and like and people, people were so not used to it that they always expected a band to play it earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's just us. No, 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 it's just us. Mm-hmm. Dude, Uh-oh. it's a ballin' move. It's a big boy <laughs> move. Like, it's a, I've seen a couple artists like that. I saw um, Imogen Heap like that once. She That's just cool. came out. And just played, and that was it. And it was like, yeah, no one needed to go before, and nothing needed to come after. So I think that's that's a power move, dude. I I was 
because it was Jason's idea. Because my immediate thought was like, oh, yeah, we'll get this dude to open, this dude to open. Like, yeah, yeah, it'll be <laughs> sick. And he's like, I think maybe we won't do that because that doesn't work. And it's proven that that doesn't work. Like, we've all done that. We've been there. Every every tour is kind of the same. It's like the, it's like the, the band that, like, would damn near pay to be on the tour. The band that's just <laughs> a little bigger than them. Uh the band that's in theory more hyped than the headliner and then the headliner <laughs> is like just been around the longest you that's know just I mean? like every tour ever that you just described right there. that's what i mean yeah. but who does it help at the end of the day it helps the third one the headliner is like you know what i mean it's like well sometimes a headliner if they're massive mm-hmm. and it's just like i don't know man we're not gonna we're not gonna yeah, except when that crowd dwindles between the third and fourth Oh, exactly. that's always that's painful. Rough, exactly. <laughs> All the time. That walkout is a... <laughs> the, wa- the walkout is like, you Oh, you just pray that you never experience it. You're like, Dude, you don't imagine a walkout at a Fever 333 concert. <laughs> oh, no. Hanging around no. chatting, and they get on stage and like, oh, I'm out of here now. The music's starting. <laughs> <laughs> a walkout before any... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> y'all should get... Y'all should get I was like, here for uh, the talking. I was here to chat. <laughs> Y'all should get a like a warm up comedian, like a sitcom, like a live taping of a sitcom, like comes out and just like does corny mom jokes. We talked about having this comedian uh, come out and do something before us. Uh, I didn't know him. I never heard of him, but they were talking about him. I was like, that's a good idea. Just mix it up, man. Like the funnest shows are the ones where everyone's weird and different. Like mm-hmm. the bands are just like, they don't mix. But to they me, don't that's do cool. that anymore. That's how it was when we were coming up. You'd see mm. Norma Jean and Further Seems Forever and freaking Bradley Hathaway. Who cares? Like everyone's going to be sick. Everybody's going to do their thing awesome. It's almost like it's no competition. You know? Exactly. That's exactly what it is, dude. And you guys know for sure because you. I'm sure you guys were the odd band out quite a bit. You know, it's time. like you could play heavy shows if mm-hmm. you wanted, but you were also heavier than like the softer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we're always either the heaviest band or the lightest band on the show. Always. Totally. Like and and That's, signing to face down made it more the other one. So right. uh, yeah. But, but always the sickest. Dude. I've seen you guys so many times and it's just oh, so thanks, man. damn good. I just I'm like, how do they sound so huge, first of all? <laughs> Like it just it's mostly Jeremiah's bass playing. Okay, <laughs> tight. Well, you guys That's are just the answer. Three piece doing the same thing, so. Yeah, we got computers though, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they got them robots, boy. We're, we're digital, man. We got a whole fake ass member. Just so, so we really wanted to. <laughs> we really wanted to address this issue. I, I'm just concerned you're not really respecting robot rights. Like, are they getting paid mm, well? Like, they're absolutely you, not getting. Do, What's their rider like? You know, you don't get nothing. Dude, they're figuring it out, man. It's like they don't have like all the food in the green room goes just to you three. Yeah, all the money goes just to you three. Like this yeah. is brilliant. Well, the the money that's a that's the other cool thing about this thing, man, is merch, ticket sales, album sales, online sales, three dollars and thirty three cents of everything from the first show to now gets moved over to the charity contingent of this band which is the walking in my shoes that's awesome Dude, um, oh that's awesome so um it's it's its own legal standalone uh charity and that's um, so sick. usually when we play shows we uh send that money to like a local charity in whatever city it's in um oh wow now it goes 
to the Walking My Shoes Foundation, and then it, we figure out like where it's going in that town. Um, and it's tight, dude. Like it makes you think about like shows way differently. You know what mm. I mean? It's like when you see a huge room, you're like, oh, getting hooked up tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like someone's like getting some help, some real help tonight. You so know? what's your what's your what's the basis of the charity? What's it all about? Well, the it comes from the name of our our song "Walking in My Shoes" um, from our first EP, and the idea of it is just the same idea as the song. It's just like having empathy for someone that you don't have the same kind of walk as you know the same background, the same upbringing, and it started as just an idea. Um, like one of the original ideas was that we wanted to um, have a kind of like an art show, kind of like a gallery thing where um, we present uh, people kind of uh, kind of like their, their social struggles and upbringing, um, but like put it in the forefront, you know, like with like, like their actual shoes at, and their story above it. And just to oh, kind, wow. of, kind of like paint a kind of paint a picture um, but then that idea grew bigger into just making it like its own sort of its own thing. Like ultimately, like the, the grand idea is to have it be like a standalone like building in the community as in Los Angeles um, to just pour out into the community and have shows and have, I don't know, all sorts of different stuff. But that's sometime down the line. But right now it's just... Um, it's just kind of more a, a it's it's like a bridge for people kind of like me a few years ago who didn't quite know how to help and how to donate and where to go and like it's like i think probably about like 6 years ago like i dude i didn't know like how to like help out like i didn't know any charities i didn't know like i was just so concerned about like myself and my own issues and it's like it's like yeah i don't i like i like was like involved with like an animal shelter but that's it I didn't know much else you know but uh with this it's kind of more like for people who want to help but don't know where to go it's like look this is like this is where you can help you know and then you can you can find it through our website um we have it laid out um all the different like charities that we that we're you know hand in hand with and um, it's just an easy way to do it. And it's like I said, it comes from merch, album sales, everything. Like we take we take a portion of all of that and put it and put it through there. So is the board separate from the band? It is separate, yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's right. So you guys almost launched a band and a nonprofit business like at the same time. Yeah, it came a li- yeah, it came a little later. The like we would okay. donate to charities like from the first probably like the third show because the third show is when we actually had like I guess what you would call a guarantee the first mm-hmm. the first show was just like in the parking lot and then the second show was like at like an art show or something so the third show was when we actually started um, making any profit so we would just we would donate but we didn't have any real like there wasn't know. a method yet there wasn't like there a wasn't machine, really but, so yeah you, there wasn't you a, built method. a machine to do it yeah and it's really like it's like it was an idea that like 
we had, but then Jason really kind of just was like the, the like driving force behind it. Cause I feel like one day I just woke up and he's like, okay, um, we're close to having this set up. Cause I guess it's a process to make it like legal. You know, I don't know like mm-hmm. a whole lot about that, but uh, he was like, it's, it's taking some time, but, but it's getting there. Mm-hmm. I was like, sick, you know, um, especially for like bigger shows, you know, it's like to be able to stand on stage and tell people like, yo, this like local charity that maybe a bunch of y'all have heard of. That's where like, this that's is sick. going. It's kind of, do you cool. have any clue how much it's raised so far? I don't know. I don't know. I'd be curious. What's what's crazy. I'm just kind of like slowly running the numbers and I'm like, that's crazy. (laughs) Because like, I mean, for people who don't know, it's not like you like, you know, people want to like run the numbers, right? They're like, man, tickets were 20 bucks and there's a thousand people in here. They just made $20,000. And it's like, (laughs) no, that doesn't work that way at all. And then no. on top of that, you're giving away, you know, obviously I don't know what the percentage is because every item, it's a different percentage, but like far above and beyond, like I think industry, like base minimum industry standard is like 2%, you mm-hmm. know, and you guys, that's got to be way beyond that by the time that kind of, uh, you know, tallies up. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. I think it's, it's kind of like, all so connected because we we were blessed to sort of like have a lot of help in the beginning of this project which kind of is why we i it's i think it seems like we shot up so quick is just having some of the names behind the band support it so i think that plus the writing on this on the full length plus i think what the show is Mm-hmm. And Danny Wimmer festivals. That was a huge thing. Being able to play those festivals was mm-hmm. massive. Um, helped kind of like get us to a, a point where it was like, because dude, we weren't making like anything. Like we were playing to no one, making very little. Like mm-hmm. in the beginning. Really? Oh, dude, like no one. Like, because we were, we had just started, you know, like, I, I know it seemed really hype, maybe from the outside, but like, dude, that first headliner was like, maybe we should take the money down. I don't know. Like, it was where, like, there were some shows where we played to like, like, maybe 20 people in some places. No. Maybe. Like, we've nobody. never done anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but I bet it's been a long time since you had. Well, you that's, well, that's my thing. It's like, I was again, like, I hadn't played a show in four years. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't care who's here. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ripping, bro. Just trying to play some music and, um, and then whatever. Like, we did a couple like bigger tours and that helped. And the Danny Wimmer festivals, I can't, I think that was one of the biggest helps we could could have is just being on some of those bills but um it it moved it moved quickly and i'm and i'm I'm just thankful for for all the help and Mm -hmm. so now it's like stephen harris and rocker comma philanthropist (laughs) (laughs) dang dude rock it you might be one of the only philanthropists i know that's amazing We wanted to take a quick break to invite you to check out the Epicenter. 
The Epicenter is our Patreon-based online community. If you're enjoying this podcast, you should check it out because there's a ton more content just like this. There are three different tiers with tons of other perks like exclusive music, video content, merch, and there's more being added each month. And it's all built around a Discord server where we hang out and keep each other encouraged and inspired. Additionally, there are bonus episodes of Between the Notes each month available only to Patreon members. Right now, the patrons have access to an episode we did with our friend and mastermind behind the band Cool Hand Luke, Mark Nix. You may remember Mark from our second episode about his new role as a full-time counselor. This time, Mark joined us for the fifth episode in our Yet series. It's a track-by-track breakdown of our 2010 album Yet, and this episode covers the fourth track, Rich, and how Mark came to play drums on it. Here's a bit of that conversation. It was so exciting. Like, it felt like it went so fast. Um, it was, like, very yes, Andy. Like, it was very, like, I would play you something, and you'd be like, yes, and then this, and then this. And it felt like it came really quickly. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember that, too. I was stoked. I mean, honestly, I was a little intimidated. Maybe not intimidated. Maybe insecure, like, going into it. Because I was like, what if they just don't really like what I play or like, I don't know. Like what if they don't like me? I mean, honestly, (laughs) yeah. It's like, I wasn't worried about them liking me as a person, but it would stink if they're like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then they like hop in the van. They're like, so we're gonna have to find somebody else. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I had a lot of fun playing and remember just feeling bummed that I, it wasn't going to be more. I mean, I was glad that, cause at first it looked like maybe Jesse wasn't going to be able to do any of it. And then if I remember correctly, but then it was like, Oh no, he's going to be able to do part of it. Um, I don't remember that, but that might've been true. Jeremiah, do you remember that there was a possibility that Jesse couldn't make it to studio? That doesn't sound crazy to me. I mean, yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I think maybe when we first talked about it, maybe it was up in the air. Like, you know what? I think early on it was like, well, if you're going to come into the band and he's leaving, then he would just pass all the songs off to you. Um, he'd already finished seven of them, but like, I think it was like, oh, well, then we'll let Mark just markify them and, and we'll move on as a new, as this new three piece. So that might have been the way it was. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. But then that's not, you know, that's not how it worked out. Yeah, and of course, I love Jesse, and I think he's a really good drummer, so I was glad that he got to do his thing. But yeah. I was like, oh, man, I want to do, <laughs> do more. So uh, so then, the, the, obviously, the big question is, you know, why aren't you in our band? Like, what, what did we do wrong? Like, it was such... Oh, so you want to talk about the explosive fight that we had in the studio? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to go definitely, there? Definitely, definitely there. No, I, like... If you want to hear the rest of that conversation and get a ton more awesome content just like it, maybe take a minute and go check out The Epicenter over at patreon.com slash The Epicenter. Now back to Stevens. Um, I was going to say, so like, you know, you are from Atlanta. Are you from Atlanta originally? Mm-hmm. Okay. So from like, you know, one of the cult- culturally the most important cities in, in America, you know, and also... I, I, isn't it arguably the blackest city in America, like African-American and like yeah. run like mm-hmm. being from that and then diving into the underground hardcore scene, which, you know, is not the blackest culture. <laughs> like there's no. a lot of like great stuff. I mean, I'm from DC. So like, there's a lot of great bad brains and stuff. There's like a lot of openness and dialogue and all the stuff that probably attracted us to like the DIY, like 
let's give each other a voice and be aggressive to anyone who won't listen. <laughs> like, yeah. was that was that a weird thing for you at times? Like, do you feel more empowered now to be in a band that's like focused? Like that that's a kind of a part of like the platform. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it got weird for sure. I mean, you know, yeah, like in in the beginning, like playing shows when I was like fifteen, had its weird moments. Um, I think I didn't even know how weird it was in the moment sometimes, mm. you know, unless it was just like, just very like blatant ignorance or racism. Like, I think there were things that maybe I didn't even, I didn't even understand that were like wrong or weird, you know? Mm. It's just like a, what are you doing here? This is kind of vibe or... Um, there, I mean, there's, dude, there's been moments where like, um, we've just played with like skinhead bands and I didn't know, Ugh, you know, wow. or like, and they didn't expect to have someone like me on the show. You know, oh. there was no like communication about that. Um, and there's times where I, like we finished playing and the whole like, oh man, you were great up there for like a black dude. Like, uh. which that's. <laughs> That's not, I try, look, man, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not like, I try to to see, like, I know what you're saying. Is it ignorant? Yes. But I'm not going to come at you with like any like hate, you know, because yeah. I've never been like, like that, like that, unless it's like insane. But it's like a lot of that because we played like, we were like my local band in like high school. We were like Georgia only. We played Georgia and Alabama. So like, that's like, I got that all the time because people didn't see like a black front man up there doing that. So it was like, Are there even any famous black guitarists that you could look up to? Uh, Jimmy Hendrix? (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard him? Dude, the the lead singer and guitarist of Thin Lizzy. (laughs) I mean, there's tons. It's just insane. Like, that's so crazy. Well, the whole thing is insane. I mean, like, I remember, so I grew up in in a very white suburban, like, northern Virginia neighborhood. But my high school, I went to public school. So it was all like, it was, it was, I think it was pretty integrated. And everybody was pretty well cool with everybody. But when I finally was like, I don't know how old I was the first time I clocked what racism was. I'm going to guess I was like seven or eight or something. But to me at that point already, like, I don't, how could you not think that they might actually, black people might be cooler than us. Like, they're better (laughs) at all this. Their music's better. Like, Michael Jordan was already just destroying everybody. I was like, I don't, how could you even make this argument anymore? I'm concerned it's clearly the other way. (laughs) It's just so weird because, like, like racism to me growing up was only like calling someone the n-word or like mm-hmm. oh something like that i didn't i felt weird about comments like that were like kind of like passive or like ignorant but i didn't really view it as racism for some reason you know what i mean i didn't think it was like i don't know like i don't know i just didn't and i didn't realize the toll it really took on me either because it feels weird when it happens mm-hmm. mm. you don't know why it feels weird it's like well that's not is that even racism i don't think it's racism because the only thing i really knew about racism was what they teach you in schools which is mm-hmm. nothing right so i'm like i don't know like it just it's, it's all you have is like this kind of weird feeling 
And then when something actually racist happens, you're like, oh yeah. And you, and I could probably count on like one hand, how many times, like something just straight up racist happened while I was like playing music. Mm-hmm. So when someone like asks you about it, it's like, yeah, I mean, sure things happen, things have happened, but not, not all that much. But in reality, it does have like a weird weight that's because it's more than those just moments. It's, it's like, it's other stuff too. Mm-hmm. And you didn't realize it because, because, because I, w- I wasn't taught to know what it was and how to see it, how to react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't talk about it. Um, I, I wasn't really like, I don't know. Like I, I was just kind of Was there a moment when it all kind of came together for you and you, like like the heaviness because i've been seeing that a lot like in other people around me where like they like i've encouraged a lot of people i'm like if you haven't watched the george floyd video the whole way you need to watch it like you need to see it like and i'm like my my dad who couldn't like have a racist bone in his body but i was like you need to watch it dad because it should make you angry like you you will be yelling at the screen after four minutes like get your get your knee off his neck so i'm wondering like was there a moment because i think when we're little like we're innocent to those things where like it kind of catalyzed to you in a personal way? Um, yeah, it's like, it's definitely after the, after Chariot broke up and I had time to just not be moving around the world. And I had time to talk to my family, talk to my, my little sister. Um, she's only like a couple of years younger than me, but um, just talk to the people who weren't just like band dudes, you know? Um, because in that world, there wasn't a whole lot of people I could turn to like me. And if they were like me, they were really like me in the sense that they were just as confused as I was because they were, they've kind of been in this like, you know, black guy in this weird, like hardcore bubble thing as well. So, um, I, I started to understand who I am as a black man in this country, um, what it meant to have pride in being black, um, understanding that what kind of how school presented the black experience in America is so just not correct and leaves out so much more than they actually tell you. And, um, like, it's like there was slavery and then George Washington Carver and then that's it. (laughs) That's black history. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah but what about george washington carver y'all yeah. you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but, and even as a kid as a black kid i'm like that's true like, who's the, there's... um <laughs> i'm also still laughing a little bit about Jimi hendrix because that's always a, thing. a woman actually, yeah i'm sure you've heard that a thousand times huh dude literally a year ago this girl came up to me after a show was like i got like hendrix vibes from you tonight oh <laughs> that's cringy that's cringy Hendrix, like, there's, I could talk all day about how insane that comment was, but of course. Probably because of all the copious solos you always play. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Maybe it was like, because I was wearing like three rainbow scarves and no shirt and bandana (laughs) and like bell bottoms, except I wasn't wearing any of that. I don't know, man. It was well, one thing that, one thing that, um, was mentioned in that live performance was like, let's remember that rock and roll was built on black music. 
And it it is something that I, you know, honestly don't recognize very often that like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's absolutely just like most of our culture. There's most of cool culture. Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. No, no, no. To be honest, as a white person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's another thing that made it hard kind of coming up in like hardcore is I didn't know that, Mm. you know, and because of that, I didn't have anything to tell people who came at me for it. You know what I mean? It was like, dude, black people hated it. Black people were like, what are you doing this white shit for? This white boy shit. What are you doing? Like, Mm. that shit is lame and like, you know, and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know why I like it. I just do like it. And in reality, it's like, yo, this is ours. You're bugging, dude. Like, I wish I was, you know, like knowledgeable enough and like self-aware enough to be able to say that kind of thing back then. But all I could do is just kind of shrug. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's good. It's cool. And like, I'm accepted in this community and I don't know, but, um, but I think I know, actually, I know that it's so much different now, you know, like for like, there's so many young black kids in Atlanta that I see like starting bands and like, like heavy bands. And it, it just, if you look at like any, like this is hardcore recap video, it's so diverse and like, it's, it's, way more accepting now you know and it's just a cool thing to see man like I think that stigma is like dying you know within hardcore and I'm I'm really happy about that Mm -hmm. how how is it so uh, you said earlier like when your friends call you because they want to know what to do in this moment you know like that they're trying to process and that's to you feels like the most important thing do you at all like I know one of my fears when I've reached out to my you know there's a um, an amazing guy that's a pastor here in our, we live on, on the west side of Louisville and uh, he's a guy I really like and respect and he, he's a black man and so I was like, you know, I want to know what's going on in my neighborhood because I want to be on point. Like, I don't want to miss it. Like, if I'm needed, I want to be, I want to be here because I care. But I also, there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to put the pressure on you to like, have to figure this out or have to know the answer or have to speak for every black person. Like, is that something that you thought, that you felt much? Yeah, because <laughs> like again man i'm all about effort man like i respect it every text call i get i respect it man like i mean that when i say it but i'm realizing like there's probably like four dudes four black dudes in hardcore whose phones are just ringing off the hook like, <laughs> just like it's like oh man um and it it that a couple weeks ago was hard because it was like two a day, you know, like, damn dude, like, I don't know what to say. Cause I'm processing this still too. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm confused as to why now, you know what I mean? Like, this is not, this isn't like this, there's a, I, I know why I could have had time to think about it, but at the time I'm like, dude, why is everyone now so angry? Like what, this has been happening for so long. Mm-hmm these videos there's so many videos of unarmed black men being killed mm-hmm. so many like it's like bi-weekly one is out but this one you know was, do you feel that this one is even a little different um 
kind of like I think it's I think the difference between this video and a lot of the other videos that I've seen is it's not it doesn't look like it's in the hood and it doesn't look like it's someone mm. who it doesn't look like you're you're how the news kind of likes to paint like a criminal black man you know what I mean it's like there's all sorts of like black men being killed by cops right. in, on video but they're like mm. they're in the hood so it's easy for someone to disassociate with them and like oh well he you know like it's right. it's easy but this wasn't that this was like it was outside there's like some people around and like it's it's a long video mm -hmm. and it looks like a gang killed someone yeah so, it's so wow. it's it's like in a lot of the videos and this is just from like my experience and my perspective and why this one has stuck so different is like, it's not chaotic and it's not fast. It's not like yeah. a gunshot. You know what I mean? It's haunting. It's like a split second decision versus like many hundreds of decisions over and over and over again. And that's where it's like, I think, you know, just from, from my perspective, it's like, I no longer can it's just well even still i've seen some people try to argue why this isn't a big deal or whatever like he was following the rules or whatever arguments people want to come up with but it's just so much harder you keep piling it on and on it's just so much harder to be like yeah that's not an issue you know what i mean like yeah. anybody who's like why are people rioting i'm like have you watched the video yeah have you wa go I watch ask. go watch the video and that you can still, even after watching it, you can decide that rioting shouldn't happen. But you'll understand the rioting. Where the rage is coming it. from. Right. It's just like. Because, because yeah. at some point, long before the end of the video, you'll find yourself wanting to scream, take right. your knee off. Right. Take your knee off. Like, it, 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 I, I think, and I'd love to hear if you think, if you have other thoughts on this, Stevis, but like, it, people have been doing real work for a long time to, to bring this to people's attention. Like people have been screaming about systematic injustice mm -hmm. and like and how the black man and the black woman in America is treated is not treated the same. Um, that work has been building up, and I think it, it, that with the fact that like the the George Floyd video is so is so upsetting, and then I think right on the heels of when they hear it took a long time to get out, but when they hear how Breonna Taylor died, like shot in her bed by the cops, it's like okay, all these things like. But I do think part of it is like people like adjacent like you guys as a band saying for a long time like uh not not um man i want to say there is aggression to what you guys say but it's not pointed at people it's passion like but so many voices screaming out for so long and then you see the videos because how many things does it take to change a person's mind like we talked about this on the other podcast but i think one of the things i'm realizing is like my argument for my friends who don't see it like you said they 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 haven't seen it because there is nowhere for them to see it before. Like they live in this little bubble in their world and for them, the law works like everything works. And like, yeah, we would all agree that like aspirationally America like is kind of heading has always wanted to be like, everyone's equal. Everyone has a fair chance. Like that's what we want. But now what people are realizing is like, Oh, but that's not what's happening yet. And that this system isn't, isn't, I mean the, 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 the way I described it the other week was just like, yeah, maybe the rules for the Olympics are fair and just, but if one person's been practicing for 20 years and the other person's just been told they're running in two weeks, it's not going to be an equal race. 
Um, and and I don't I don't mean that as a one to one metaphor, but it feels uh-huh. like it feels like all that's adding up. And finally, a lot of people are going, oh, like they're they're all the arguments, you know, like your mind pushes away the argument. But when your emotions really connect with it, like it's almost like it opens a doorway for people to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. And I think I think the covid lockdown had a big thing to do with why people were able to focus so hard on it Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, it's like you don't have school you don't have to go to work a lot of people don't have to so it's like you're kind of just stuck with your phone looking at this Mm -hmm. you know um whereas like with eric gardner that was almost the exact same situation Mm -hmm. almost Mm. he was strangled to death on the street Mm -hmm. yelling i can't breathe for doing basically nothing selling cigarettes yeah just we watched this man's life leave his body mm-hmm. for for little to nothing and the black community had to swallow nothing happening we had to swallow that a while ago mm-hmm. which is why i was so i was so upset about why not i was like not upset i was like resentful i was like why now why do we choose now to be upset you know how often this happens this same exact thing happened years ago you know but now we're like right you know like and there's riots back then too i guess but um well not only were you not being heard there was a lot of chastising of people holding up i can't breathe signs or it that was my first awareness of the black lives matter movement was shortly after that i don't know if those two were as correlated as they are in my mind. It's just when I became aware of it Mm -hmm. and like just the vitriol that came after any sort of like pushing against police brutality or police and saying there isn't an issue with police brutality or pushing against like, I mean, people are just, were straight up angry to hear, to see a sign that said, I can't breathe or black lives matter. Like, yeah. that felt felt attacked um and i don't really get why that is but it's it's a totally different re- response this time it is you're right and that's what gives me hope man like that's part of what gives me hope is like you know there's like kids in like middle school and like high school who are like talking about it and like protesting and like i think about me in middle and high school like i didn't know what was going on Mm-hmm. nor did i care it wasn't it wasn't cool to care you know but now it's like even cool to care which is like mm-hmm. sick you know yeah. and um i think like it's so layered this is probably my biggest struggle with all of this is everything regarding what's happening it's hard to talk about it without taking it a step back and then another step back and then another step back Mm. and depending on who you're talking to that can make the conversation counterproductive overwhelming what's that like it makes it overwhelming like they can't it's overwhelming too far behind it can overwhelm you like i've got a friend my best friend on this planet was talking to his mother about this about all this and it just overwhelmed her and she broke down and she's like i can't talk about this anymore not today Mm. choose another day because i'm done and he ended up having to apologize to her um but uh that's that happens man and i i don't want to do that but it's hard not to because if i say something and then you go well why it's like well because this 
It's like, okay, yeah. well then, well, why? It's like, well, cause this, you know? And it's like, it, it's layered and it's just like, you know, um, but again, man, like I, I, this is a slow game, man. Like it's a, it's a process. Like I, I get it. It's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be like a, like you really, there's going to be people in your life. You're going to have to really work on no like it's it's gonna take time like there's people in my life that i have to take it slow with you know and like maybe i'll go however long without even bringing it up you know like i but um that's i feel like that i feel like that like almost the out the backlash to black lives matter last time around is one of the things that that is like making it successful now because i the first time i heard black like like matters like my thought was like of course like of course I'm down with that, and then yeah. the backlash against it, like the all lives matter. I was like, what are you? That is not. What are you talking? You're missing the point. Isn't and that confusing? Like it's so <laughs> weird. It's not even like a. It's almost not even moral. It's like, I think you're. I think you are missing what I'm saying. And then you explain it again, and then they say all lives matter again. It's it's almost like you misheard because like this we're not coming at anyone. This isn't. It's like when you're when you're first talking to someone and you this happens every now and then you realize that someone's like maybe a little mentally slow or like handicapped. Like the first time someone says all lives matter and then you explain, oh well, of course they do, but that's not the point. The right. point of this is is we're trying, you know, we're pointing at and then they still insist. You're almost like is like is there something not connecting? But I feel like it's come around to. I think the thing that's changed in my life, Stevis, is like being raised uh, in the church, but like with really, really kind, well-meaning parents and a rel and public school kids, so I wasn't too bubbled, bubbled. Like, yeah. and I didn't see a lot of racism because, like, we talked about this before. But in my high school, like, it was more clicks about what you were into, and everybody when I was in high school was into gangster rap. Like, that was that was just the thing. So, yeah. but. I feel like what's changed in my mind is having grown up around a punk rock ethic. I th I just thought, screw the system. All we can do is love each other and I can make the change in my friends and my neighbors. But now I'm feeling like I'm hearing from, from the black community who I respect and love and my black friends that I respect and love. We need you to do more like that's taking too long. And, and we live in a country that's a democracy. So we get to have a say. And so for the, I would have never been against anything you would have said, Hey, Aaron, you should help with this too. I would have gone, got it. But for the first time I'm feeling like, no, and maybe it's cause I'm about to be a parent and I'm, you know, not too far from leaving my thirties. And it's like, who do I put this on now? Like it, it's, it's my turn. Like we mm. it, loving my black neighbors and being friends with people of all races, loving and respecting equally and, and like not, judging based on those at all it's like that is good but that's not enough anymore like there's there's yeah. more to do and i don't know what all of that is so i'm for sure open to being told it's I hard i don't know it's hard i don't i don't really always know i think it looks different for different people you know what i mean like not everyone's thing is a sense like yeah and like there's so many different like uh positions and in an army, you know, like some people are like, they're, they're like on the front line. Some people are like, like more of like a, a sneak attack thing. You know, it's, it's a different way to kind of do things. Everyone's got their lane. Um, but your lane exists, you know? And I think that what's happened in the past is like a little bit of like internet outrage and then that's it. It dies down. It, 
you know, it becomes like whatever Coney 2012 was. If anyone even remembers. Right. Oh, the yeah. Yeah. Like, Dang, dude. It, it's like, that's like, you know, like that can't happen anymore, dude. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like you, like everyone has to begin with educating themselves. And then you have to like, if you care, you know, like people say they do, you have to keep yourself and those around you accountable. I think those are like the two biggest things. It's like, if, if this is what you care about, like, I don't care if you never go to a protest. I don't care if you never post anything on your Instagram or your Twitter. If you just can like commit to just educating yourself about like uh, the black experience, maybe like history, you know what I mean? Um, that kind of stuff. And then if someone, some idiot around you says something that's like off base or off track, that's, that's where like that, like being an ally comes in. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, like don't ever say that around me again. You know, like that's, that's so wrong. And that's the last time you say that around me. Like people can't be comfortable talking like that around someone who claims to love black people. Yeah. I mean, so that to me, that those things are, are huge. It's like, I don't know, like if you have a big platform, by all means, like I, you know, like say what you feel like you got to say, you know what I mean? But like, it starts within, it starts small, like any other movement, you know? So I obviously, think, go ahead, Nate. Oh, I was going to say, um, I think uh, so, something you were saying was reminding me of something I shared with the other guys in the band, which was just like, this dude Van Jones was on the Conan thing. I don't know if you guys watched that. I think yeah, it was I awesome. It. Yeah. I didn't respond and to that, but it was cool. The the thing that I took away from that mostly it's it's all great. It's like thirty minutes, and but the thing that I felt like was something I hadn't thought about is that if as like a white person we're looking to like the black community. Mm to like educate us it's kind of unfair because we like like that's time and effort that we should be like investing like we should be educating ourselves like we can reach out and like get some you know guidance and stuff but like we have to start being accountable for like educating ourselves about you know like what's actually happening and like and understanding the perspective of of black people in America without like just going to black people and saying like tell me you know like give me <laughs> your time and your effort and and you know and just and educate me because like i'm too like busy to do it on my own time and like that really stuck out to me as like oh okay like we're so privileged that we just think we don't know so we'll just go ask the black person to tell us yeah. you know like and so, like, I feel like, you know, you, you sort of were, were touching on that, like, you know, like, go out and, like, educate yourself and, like, and and don't necessarily hang it on the hook of, like, black culture yeah. to, to educate us. Like, oh, we're too stupid. We, you know, we never thought about it before or whatever. Like, that's, like, that's a cop out. And uh, I'm, I'm realizing that. And I'm like, oh, this is very, like, eye-opening. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's like I said, man, it's a process. Like, 
uh, I, I get it, dude. Like I, the only kind of parallel I can draw is like learning what I can do and how I can be an ally to the gay and trans community. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's foreign to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I just don't know sometimes. So like all I can do is educate myself and um, speak to the the trans people in my life, you know, like, okay, like, is this, you know, like, I don't know. So like, um, but yeah, it's a process, man. Like I was fucking that up left and right at first, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm better, you know, it's like if all you can do at this point is be able to like look back and know that you're making ground. You know what I mean? If you, if you can't, it, like that's that's the point of, of life. You know what I mean? We're not ever gonna be perfect people. But um, mm. if like some, if you can look back and be like, I'm doing way better, I'm way more focused, I'm way more empathetic, I'm way more knowledgeable than I was back then, then you're doing great. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. We just gotta continue to like want, want to learn because life is hard for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, life just is hard. But there are people uh, that just have it so much harder and it's so unfair. It just isn't fair and it was never meant to be fair. Uh, we, we live in a country uh, with a system that was made for it to be unfair. It's supposed mm. to be like that. Uh, it, it's, it's um, and it's working and it's been working, you know. Mm. Um, so um, that's, that's where we got to start. It's like, what exactly are we looking at in this country? Why is it like this? Like, what are, what are the, what are the things that are written that are still in play that are holding people down? Um, And I think about like, and I'm glad, um, Aaron, that you uh, differentiated earlier black men and women, because black women have it even worse, Mm. even worse, Mm. because black women get killed, and they are never found and they mm-hmm. are forgotten. Black men, like it's injustice, like the man maybe will never see jail time, but black women are not, they're just gone. Where's she at? I don't know, we could never find a body, who knows. If you're a black trans woman, forget about it. Forget about it. You're gone forever, mm-hmm. okay? Like they, there are just some people who just don't, have a fair shot so what are we gonna do you know and i'm in that boat too like i'm i'm there too like that's that like they're like within my my little world like there's people that got it way worse than i do and i gotta like i gotta learn if i if i claim to care i have to learn you know so yeah and to tell these people that they matter is the least we should try to do it is like the beginning uh, you know, whether, you know, especially as a person, I would say especially, but as a person of faith and belief, but even beyond that, like just like to like, that's the place to begin to, to look at somebody and find a way. And sometimes it's going to take more than words. It feels like to tell people that they matter. Um, but yeah, your thing was like on point, man. And but but to the to the most important point, like what you said was heard, like what you said was very clear, like when when Jason was calling on on the music industry and people who have benefited on on black culture i was like yo if that that's just so clear it was such a good point 
it was so well made and it's like it's time for you to stand up like it's time for you to be a part of this um was that something you guys had talked a lot about already in the team was that like that kind con- that language um yeah the language but not that fact i didn't know about the um the number of labels who had either donated nothing or said nothing Ooh. it's insane dude like i didn't know to like landed in la and we started talking about it and jason had like a printout of like all of these labels money donated i he might have made it himself and then like had said anything and it was just like no 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 yes no 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 it's crazy it's like they are not here for black people they are pimping black people it's like okay like you know like what do you well the dark side of that is like what what are the chances they're looking at there i mean they have stats on their demographics you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and there's a good chance they're like hey we're gonna piss too many people off you know, that's exactly what it is. We got a lot of country fans well, like, or we, whatever it might be. We'd, we'd rather make that's exactly that either. But we, it's easier to deal with like the whore you're selling than the people you're selling to. You don't want to make your clientele right. mad. So if right. they're like, yeah, that, if that's how they view it, it's like, well, we're not going to make a lot of allowances for you because we're mostly selling this to this uh, this other group of people. You're right. You know, you're absolutely right, man. Like it's it's so disheartening. Like it's so just like. Like I am in this machine. I technically am like I we're on that label on this list that did nothing, you know, um, and uh, and I and I know it's it's Jeremiah what you said, like, because being on Roadrunner. Um, like anytime we're posted, the comments are just like trash or just like fuck you to spend like our like political this and blah, blah, blah. like people hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Like, so they don't want to, you know, say anything because they know how they're, it's just going to be a bunch of people saying the same shit. Like he used to support you, but I'm done and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, man. Like it was just like, it's pretty wild to see like actual, like, numbers and all those damn zeros man it was just like well so obviously on a big scale some like i don't know what it even looks like or means but like some big systematic things have to change and i think one of those things is a significant part of the population recognizing this and getting on board and it seems like we're going that direction so i'm curious even though like some big stuff has to change like is your like boots on the ground walking down the street experience any does it feel different anymore or is it Mm, (laughs) like like me just like kind of being out and about yeah do you do you do you feel different at all do you feel the winds of change you're like yes it's happening you know um i guess i mean i never would have imagined seeing like black lives matter and people's front lawns, like I see mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I never thought. Like as many as I see, I never thought I ever thought I would see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that's great, man. Like, if you're if you're gonna be an ally, you're gonna risk something. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna it. You're gonna probably lose something. And these mm-hmm. people are risking being bumming out their neighbors or whoever. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe somebody wants to throw something in their yard, you know, like that's, a, it's a risk, you know? And um, so I, so that's, that's special. And I think like, not, I guess really walking around like Atlanta being like the black Mecca, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to really feel a change. Cause I'm just like, cause black people, it's, it's deep out here, but. Mm-hmm. It's a Wakanda, right? Isn't that what T.I. Um, said? That's what T.I. said. I was like, I was like, you get. <laughs> please take away T.I.'s microphone, please. I'm asking and just let Killer Mike speak twice as long. Exactly. Just let Killer Mike say what you guys say. Please do not give T.I. the microphone no more. Thank you so when, much. When he said Wakanda, I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. I was like, like, you I'm know down. what? I'm out of here. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, and he was so serious. He's like, Atlanta's Wakanda. Okay. He's like, Wakanda. What did he say? He said, sacred. I was like, okay, you know what, man? I feel you. I know what you're saying, but like, we can't be referencing fictional places right now. <laughs> like, just like we just keep it real man you sound kind of silly well i've been noticing with with covid and then now with this like the the way people have been interacting has been so much kinder and more intentional with covid and then now with this it's like it's just everything's amplified and and i've just been so impressed by the the people of color i've been coming across in my neighborhood just like the amount of grace they show me who's just the right like the the symbol of the problem right the white male Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. people being so kind to me and so sweet to me and like i've just been super impressed and like i just want you uh to feel honored and heard man like i just i I think we're all just like how do we how do we do it how do we help you feel heard and then how do we how do we not participate right because very few people are out there just straight up doing like blatantly racist things but we're all benefiting and 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 partaking in some way so how do we you know we're all just kind of trying to work through that and like i just you don't have to feel any different but i'm like man i would love if people started actually feeling a difference walking down the street like feeling hurt i was running yesterday or whatever i was running yesterday with another friend and uh we were down on the river and we were coming up on this uh, on a, another runner, and it was a big black guy. He was probably in his like late fifties, and he was just one of those guys you can tell he's fighting for his health. You know, he's out yeah. there trying to. He didn't look like an avid runner. He looked like he was really trying to get it. And I, I'm always trying to approach everyone with like friendship on the mind, like you know, like that's I think that's a vibe I want to put off. And but I could tell like we ran by him. I'm like, I was like, we're doing it, man. I made some joke about how we're getting here, and he was like, I could tell right away that he was trying to communicate it back to me. Like he wanted me, he wanted me to feel like, yeah, man, we're good. Like we're, and so we talked for a minute. We were like, we all high-fived, which, you you know, in Corona times, that's a risk. Uh, But like, you know, we, it was just a good moment. I could feel him. And I was like, man, I'm, I I was almost thinking like, I'm sorry you have to feel like you have to shepherd me right now, but I'm so Mm -hmm. thankful you're strong enough to even in this moment be, be, be willing to meet like in any measure halfway and show kindness, you know, cause you could just be like, yeah, yeah, you're dang right. Like, you know, right, uh, and yeah. that would have been fair, but like you're, you're, man, I saw this, I don't know who posted that video, that woman who was talking about, you know, uh, how the social contract is broken. Uh, and she was really angry and she said, you're lucky all we want is equality and not revenge. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, wow, that's powerful, powerful yeah. statement. 
And secondly, it's powerful that you mean it, like that you that you just want equality and not revenge. Because if it were flipped, you know, it would be so easy to want like to see someone's face like just in the mud, like you did me dirty for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, without wanting to go too long, I can think of a way that we can honor Stevis today um, as a friend, and that is uh, by reading him haikus that we've written about him. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so we we have a bit of a tradition that every week we write a haiku each one of us for the pe- person we're interviewing um and it's it's normally like about like their thing what they're into yeah uh, so we each we each wrote we no- normally do it earlier in the podcast but we were we were vibing good so if you'll let us grace you with with a, we each, we've each written you a haiku Oh, as, a, as a gesture of love and appreciation. I'm honored, man. I, I think that's a beautiful thing that y'all do. <laughs> yeah, but then but then you have to do the work of rating us. Yeah, you have okay. to rate us then. <laughs> okay, I'll rate you. Oh. <laughs> Jeremiah, you up to go first? I can go first. All right. All right. I got a fever, and the only prescription is three hot rockers. <laughs> <laughs> dang dude and i don't know Ten. how that's gonna get all right <laughs> all right <laughs> that was a good one that might be your best one that yet ever uh you guys you gotta rate it you gotta give it a number he said 10 man instant 10 sorry my mind just got it okay that's i don't know enough. i don't know i don't know what i was expecting <laughs> but i think i would love that, to know i just love the snl reference Mm, fair enough. I'm here for it. Like Nate, I, are you I going next? So, or I, going I was next? so surprised that like the meter of that worked in your favor. I, it was perfect, man. Damn. Yeah, uh, I got the fever and the three in there, man. I just, man, you know, that's so cool. It's in a lot of different levels. <laughs> that's next yeah, level, dude. It's good. I, yeah, I can go Nate, next. Are you... Okay. All right, I gotta get, I get psyched up. I always gotta get psyched. There will be haiku music under this as well, Steve. So we really go hard on this section. Oh, we got a whole thing, you know. All right, here we go. Y'all sweat a lot, but the power won't fight itself. Russian folks love it. Wow. (laughs) True. We're bigger in Russia than we are anywhere else. I know. Really? That's so weird. It's so weird to me that, like, like, when you're watching that video, like, there's a million Russian comments. It's insane. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand. I think they're using us in a way that maybe I don't know. Oh. Yeah, it's it makes me it made me a little uncomfortable, and I don't and I don't want to be like xenophobic or whatever, but like I was just like, are, is what's happening? Is this I, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like, like when I think of like the the white man, I think of like Germany and Russia. You know, like it's so yeah. funny that like this yeah, like but the activist that- band is like loved in this place that I would think is like. Maybe one of the last places, you know. Exactly, exactly. It's rad. But you know what? Like, the way his band's set up, they almost can't be used. Like, if you buy their music and support them, they're <laughs> make having a great life, and they're using it for all these good Dude, things. So it's like, point. it's very, use-proof. That's a very good point. My <laughs> you put yourself... Like, Chariot did really well over there, too. And I think, like... They're just Stephen played- Harrison fans? There are some, it's weird. There's just straight up people who are like eight years older now who are like, hey, I was here last time you were here with the chariot. And like wearing like chariot shirts and stuff. Like, Damn. But like, 
they like Russia is like a whole different kind of person. Like they are just like, it's, it's like, if you play Russia once leave and actually come back to play Russia again, it's the sickest. Like they always remember it. They're loyal. Um, they like to have a really good time. Like it's like, they, they just go off in a way that's just like different than here in America. And, um, and yeah, I have don't know. Have you looked into how popular Jimi Hendrix may have been there? I should look it up. It's probably, <laughs> they probably think I'm just him. That's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> they that didn't is. get the news that he died. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, he looks amazing. Yeah. Wow, He's amazing. Okay. Uh, all right, I'll read mine. We called you Stevis, but they call you Steven? When did you sell out? <laughs> basically <laughs> basically yeah I, I was trying to find a way to put corporate shill in there but it just didn't work no 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 I I sold out after the chariot because I had to work in an office so Stevis was just like you know like I couldn't be Stevis to like my coworkers. <laughs> how did Stevis happen I don't even know you just always were that like who who gave you that name Josh did on the first tour we ever did. That's ex- that is what I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 2007, he I guess Norma Jean back in the day had like played a festival with Stephen Curtis Chapman, and Scotty <laughs> accidentally called him Stevis Curtis Chapman as like a. It sleep- happens. He slipped up, and then they just started calling me Stevis from that story. I like go. that. Well, Stevis, thank you so much, man. One of the things we do with every guest before we uh, sign off here is we have a thing called thanks, no thanks. Okay. Like one thing that you're either thankful for or not thankful for that's happened recently. And we, we all do it. You can you can go last. Okay, I'll thinking, go last. I'll be thinking about it. Okay. Any, anybody got anything? I'm still thinking. I forgot we go did Go ahead, this. Jeremiah. I'm thinking you go too, ahead, Jeremiah. I, I hadn't been preparing. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll be thankful for whoever goes hour. first. That's my <laughs> thanks to whoever goes first today because I, I didn't think about this beforehand. So that's my that's my thanks. Whoever whoever is the first person to give a real one, that's my that's where my thanks goes. Wow. I, you know what? I'll give I got my no thanks. You ready? A big fat angry raging no thanks to scam callers that called my grandfather, who is grieving the loss of my grandmother that died last week, pretended to be me saying they'd been in a car accident and they needed him to send money. What? Absolute no. I got a call yesterday morning from my mom, and I answered the phone, and my mom, first thing she said is, I just need to know if you're all right. And I'm like, what? She's like, Pappy just got a phone call. And they said it was his oldest grandchild saying he's in a car accident. He's too embarrassed to call anybody else. He needs you to send money right now. His voice sounds weird because he's been in an accident. And he can't remember a lot of things. He kept calling him grandfather, which I never called Pappy in my life. Yeah. And that just, I mean, not only are, can old people be senile, which Pappy is not yet. But like, and I know this person probably doesn't know my grandma died like literally last week. But just either way, sure. that's just so, no thank you. Absolute no thank you. Dude, that same thing happened to my grandparents like last year. Someone oh. called pretending to be me. You know, it's weird. That's insane. People. Yeah, are look fun. out for your grandparents, y'all. Look out for them. 
my grandma will freak out if she gets that call. Mm-hmm. I could be sitting right next to her and she'd be like, <gasps> <laughs> Nate, you promised that your thanks would then be to the person who. Yeah, who gave so one, my so. thanks is to Aaron because he, <laughs> he went first and I didn't have to think any harder because I didn't. I, I went to bed at 9 a.m. So I don't got a lot of mental energy to be thinking. <laughs> Jeremiah, what's yours? Dude, I got mine. All right, go ahead, Stevis. All right, ever since COVID happened, like, I've been super, like, I don't know, because this is supposed to be, like, writing for the album time. So, like, I was, like, kind of stressed and kind of bummed that I'm inside all day. And then, like, the process started happening, and, like, I was just, like, super bummed out. And I think my mind was like reaching for something to like hold on to that was like pure and like simple. And I started collecting Pokemon cards again. Oh, I'm so thankful for Pokemon cards. Like, cause I'm fully addicted again. First of all, there's almost 800 Pokemon card Pokemon now, like more than 800 actually. And I'm like fully got to get them all. Dude, look gotta at this. Got to catch them all. Got to go, catch them all. Sorry. Got to catch them all. Did you just I'm say got to get them all? <laughs> I'm not a dad. Have them all. <laughs> Ten-year-old me would have killed you for saying yeah. that. Dude, Dude, I am not embarrassed at all. Look at this. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. These are all packs. I just went to the store and grabbed the whole box and said, <laughs> eat up all. That's and what this, you can do when you got that that's Fever so 33, 333 money. And you that, just get the whole box. other boxes over there. I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this in a way that would honor like 10-year-old me. Yeah. <laughs> I all of them because <laughs> I don't want to start from the ground. Like I need to like, you know what I mean? Like I need to do this. I don't want to be sitting here with like my 10. Yeah. I got to do this for real. That's Dude, right. that's like the craziest just to buy the whole like box of packs. That's like the the fantasy of like a middle schooler. I had to do it, man. Like I was like I need something. Like I need to like I need some escapism and I was like give me this whole damn box. My girlfriend was like what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, a it's a power move. The dude, whole that box is, is treat like right yourself, dude. It's <laughs> treat it's, yourself. It's, it's right up there with playing with no openers. Just all power moves these days from Steven. <laughs> well, this one was like, like the because this is like the third box I bought. The first one, I was like, this was fun, funny, whatever. The second one, she was like, you have a problem. <laughs> like, you've got a problem. But she opens them with me. It's like a, a moment we have together where like we just kind of like, it's it takes hours to get through all of them. And Do you then, have a favorite one yet? Yeah, hold on, I'll show you. Dude. First of all, this is my binder. Okay. Oh, oh so sick. sick. That's your Pokédex? Huh? That's your Pokédex. That's your Pokédex. Dude, yeah. Is there 800 slots in there? No. Mm. But like, not a real. It's where I keep collector. all my like holographics and reverse holographics. Ooh. If you don't follow Pokemon anymore, the cards look very different than they used to. Yeah. But this one here is. Uh, ultra rare is what it's called Rainbow Dragonite and Dragonite is my favorite Pokemon did you get that in a set or did you have to kind of seek that one out as an individual 
no I, I all of these are from sets like all of them are from like these these boxes that i bought you know what this is reminding me of this is reminding me of um i can't remember their names but the the girl who ended up eating the becoming a blueberry on willy wonka like yes. her dad <laughs> said we're gonna get every, we're gonna find this golden ticket so he like bought just hundreds of thousands of them and that's what what's do. going on was that <laughs> veruca salt is that the that's salt it, family yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but oh, I maybe shouldn't even say this. I'll say it. Um, <laughs> the store that I get these from, the manager, the first time was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, uh, "I just want to buy this whole box." He's like, "Well, we can't sell it to you because we don't know how many's inside," and I didn't either. I was like, "I'll count them." So I just sat there counting <laughs> all of them in front of him. Whatever rang it up, left, came back like two weeks later. And I was like, hey, uh, I want to buy this box. I had to count them again because it was another guy who didn't see me last time. And then this one, they're like, we trust you. Just like, well, you know, like it's, fun. <laughs> it's not weird anymore. And that guy plays guitar. And like now we like text and our friends. He's like learning how to play guitar. And I'm like showing him stuff. And I'm just trying to wait for the moment. I can be like, listen, okay. How about you damage one of these boxes out? <laughs> outside and like i'll like give you some lessons or i'll fucking i don't know give you a guitar so i don't know like yeah. let's work together okay like, i i want a rainbow dragonite daddy <laughs> <laughs> Dude, i'm hooked that's awesome man jeremiah what about you i'll give a i'll give a thanks i kind of alluded to it earlier but um just kind of a general thanks to the majority of my neighbors um I mean, you've got COVID and then uh, the protests. And then honestly, this week has been kind of crazy on my street for quite a few different reasons. Like it's just been nonstop action um, unrelated to both of those things. And uh, just the majority of the neighbors are just about being kind to each other, pulling together, looking out for one another. Um, And it's just cool to be in a neighborhood like that that like honestly it's a little rough around the edges but most most of my neighbors are just rad so well steve thanks again man for for the time it's wonderful to see you dude and like just still see you doing so well and like every time i see fever 333 i'm super proud of you man so keep it going thank you so much man this honestly was so cool like I don't know. I feel like we'd only been talking for like 30 minutes or something. <laughs> this was yeah. much fun. Just like, right. Oh, I dig it. I'm cool. glad you guys are doing this and I'm glad you guys are um, having these conversations with each other. You know, um, it's cool. It's not easy. Um, like I said, like it's, it, there's always a risk of losing something when you want to be an ally to, so this kind of whole this kind of thing but um i'm very thankful for you guys i'm i'm mm-hmm. i'm happy to uh to be a, a part of this podcast yeah. and uh, best of luck for the future man like, dude thank you man dude, thank you so much we appreciate that of course man. all right man have a good one you too rip open those poke- pokemon booster packs dude <laughs> i gotta wait till my girlfriend gets in town i can't touch them till she gets here i'm going crazy <laughs> Love it. all right guys take it easy Between the notes of the Epperson Herb Production.